0: This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent
1: herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley.
2: And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op, offering fuel, food and drinks on Highway 13. Arcola Co-op, you're at home here. Today we have the Friday Outlook on Grain Markets, which continue an upward trend this week. Ottawa announces a $200 million investment to help farmers reduce greenhouse gases. Real Agriculture talks about cattle markets in the U.S., the farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour.
1: This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley.
2: This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank 306 721 6667 Grain markets are moving up again this week. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Pacallo says canola was up about $19 a ton, while spring wheat gained 35 cents a bushel this week.
3: Starting off on the canola front, November canola is actually unchanged on the week actually going to be finishing the the week quite positive up about $19 a ton so far right now here on the day. Minneapolis wheat a, a bit different of a story. Mini wheat on the September contract is up about 35 cents a bushel. Yesterday's USDA report was quite positive overall for the markets. New crop global corn and wheat ending stocks came in well below trade expectations. Uh, Soybeans are actually above. The USDA took Canada's wheat crop down about 7.5 million metric tons uh, to 24 MMT. And also Russia's crop was reduced as well. So adding to a bit of the positive tone. Now, The U.S. wheat production came in well below trade expectations, but it wasn't on the spring wheat side. That was slightly larger. It was actually the hard red winter wheat crop that came below last month's expectations. So now the thing is that I'm watching is, again, that spread I've mentioned before between Minneapolis and Kansas wheat. It's about a $2 premium on Minneapolis, so so definitely something... To keep in mind and right now i am seeing breakouts on the charts however on all three wheat contracts so even with maybe not as positive news for the spring wheat crop that trend is still very intact and if we do really break above this 930 a bushel in the december contract i could easily see 950 and and maybe that ten dollars if, if things stay So a couple other things to note on from the USDA report, the U.S. corn yield came in below the average trade range. So that was definitely very positive for the corn market. The outlook for, I would say, new crop, the carryout was actually came in at 1.24 billion bushels. And that's the smallest for this point in the cycle in nine years. So that, again, quite a bullish number on, on the corn front. And kind of one thing I'm watching as well, too, for next week for the canola front is this week, actually, palm oil futures hit an all-time high and went to a new record close On Wednesday, the futures surged about 7.4%, which was the biggest daily gain since January 2009. So if uh, canola is seeming to struggle around this $900 a ton area, but if uh, we do see maybe a breakout above there with uh, the other soy markets, you know, that might be positive for for the canola market. So that is uh, the wrap up for this week. That's Adam Piccolo, a Commodity Futures Advisor
2: with PI Financial.
1: Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM.
2: This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eaves troughs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesTroughs.ca and Farmtronics in Regina, your farm electronics specialists. From moisture testers to security cameras, keeping your farm running productively and efficiently since 1977. 380 Henderson Drive. The Federal Government has unveiled a major investment to help farmers reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Baboe says a new 200000000 dollars million on-farm climate action will offer direct farm support to adopt beneficial management practices that store carbon and reduce greenhouse gases. She says the three target areas are cover cropping, nitrogen management and rotational grazing practices.
4: Supported by a federal investment of 200 million dollars from now and for the next two production seasons. With this call for proposals, we are seeking partners to redistribute funds directly to farmers to adopt practices that store carbon and reduce greenhouse gases. Partners may include farm groups, non-governmental organizations, provincial crown corporations, or indigenous groups. These groups are close to producers and will be able to develop solutions to reduce emission solutions which work for producers. Direct support to producers will fall into three target activities. One is cover crops. Plants such as clover and alfalfa that are planted to cover the soil rather than to be harvested. They return nutrients to the soil, reducing the need for synthetic fertilizers and convert carbon dioxide into oxygen in the process. The federal government could help cover adoption costs or related costs like seed or agronomic services. The second is nitrogen management. This could include the cost of producing, of providing farmers with the agronomic services to develop farm nutrient management plans or to modify fertilizer equipment. This could also include technical support they need to implement nutrient stewardship on their farms, such as those that align with the principles of the 4R nutrient stewardship approach. The third category is rotational grazing. Rotational grazing is the practice of containing and moving livestock through pastures to allow forage crops to recover, deepen their roots system and improve soil health. This could mean agronomic services to help ranchers develop grazing management plan or the costs associated with fencing and water infrastructure. We are looking for interested partners to submit proposals by September 26. We hope to begin to flow the funds by the end of the year so farmers can get up and running with new projects and practices next spring. While many farmers are already taking action into, in these areas, the fund will help take down barriers to support even wider and faster adoption. By supporting these practices, we're not only helping farmers reduce costs, we are helping them to boost their resiliency to climate change and improve their soil health. Our goal by the end of the three years is to reduce emissions by up to two megatons, equivalent to powering more than 400,000 homes for an entire year. Beyond that, Projects started under the fund are anticipated to continue to reduce annual emissions by 1 megaton per year after 2024, and to put almost 800,000 hectares of land under improved management practices.
2: Canadian Federation of Agriculture President Mary Robinson welcomes the federal announcement.
5: With the current dire drought conditions in the Prairie Provinces, Canadian farmers are on the front lines in the battle against climate change. I struggle to think of any sector more affected by erratic weather or any sector more invested in mitigating the impacts of climate change. But many farmers in Canada have found themselves in a difficult situation climate change related events have put many farmers in difficult financial circumstances with their operations hurting from multiple consecutive hard years from factors entirely beyond their control. They face increased costs from activities that climate change causes, such as grain drying after an extremely wet harvest, while also being asked to invest in sustainability initiatives that require money they simply do not have. Not to mention, this all follows 2020, one of the most difficult years in many farmers' lives. The Climate Action Fund is the kind of support farmers need to be able to adopt these kinds of practices that will will help improve soil health, sequester carbon, and enhance the sector's capabilities as a net carbon sink for Canada and the world. This fund will help facilitate proactive investments in activities that will aid in the fight against climate change for years to come. Farmers in the prairies right now are facing some of the harshest conditions in recent history and science is telling us that these circumstances are only going to become more frequent and also more intense. Its imperative programs such as the Climate Action Fund are put into place so farmers can ensure their operations are sustainable for the future while continuing to grow healthy and affordable food for Canadians.
2: The call for proposal process will run until September 26th.
1: Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on the source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update.
6: Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. I am joined right now by Executive Vice President of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association, Dennis Laycraft. Dennis, how are you? I'm great, Sean. Uh, glad
7: to be back in Canada.
6: Yeah, busy week for you down in good old Nashville, Tennessee. Not necessarily down on Broadway, but uh, work in the rooms at the NCBA Cattle Convention. Um, first of all, Dennis, uh, I guess it's good to be able to go to some in-person events again.
7: Yeah, it was definitely great to get down and and see everybody and go so with each of these organizations. The leader changes, their president moves each year, or so to stay current with everyone and as well, uh, you know, we've developed a lot of great relationships down there, and you know, they were really appreciative that we made the effort to get down there.
6: What were some of the main issues, Dennis, that uh, you you had in your your day timer to make sure that you know you were addressing and talking about?
7: There were um, three probably main issues that we were looking at. One, there's a lot of discussion down there about uh, transparency in cattle pricing. Uh, there's some legislative initiatives around. Uh, Putting some requirements on cash trading and so forth. So there was a lot of discussion there with their um, the cattle market committee. And interestingly enough, it you know they're they're they believe they're approaching the point where the triggers aren't being triggered anymore that they were worried about and that the uh, labor rich is actually starting to shift more back to sellers than to the buyers. So anyhow, that was an interesting discussion. We are, sorry, are always following country of origin. Now, most of the discussion down there is about voluntary and how they deal with whether you use product of U.S. and what would be the criteria to qualify for that under voluntary or it has be, been pushing for processed in the U.S. And this has been triggered by some product that's been imported and basically just sliced up and uh, put into trade packs and sold as product or product to the U.S. So that was discussed, but there was a very strong emphasis in CBA that anything that's done has to meet their international trade obligations. And then they're getting ready to announce their new goals, like we have done on sustainability. So we were there working closely with them to, um, talk about that and the U.N. Uh, food systems summit. We just saw the pre-summit meetings completed, and we're heading towards the actual food system summit meeting in New York this fall. Yeah, those are the main main items we we were engaged on.
6: In terms of cool and this product of the USA label, what I have from the beginning of this initiative, at at 100,000 feet, it makes a lot of sense. Some of the changes that they're talking about, but scope creep has been my concern. That changes to the product of USA label the scope starts to creep where we start to enter the realm of how do we make mandatory of country of origin labeling happen in the U S there are people like Senator Mike rounds out of South Dakota, really, really continuing to push for this. It's no secret. He, you know, he says, I want mandatory um, in your discussions down there, Dennis, did you get like, what, what's the sense of how far this, these changes to this park, the USA label goes.
7: So far, I'd say there, they feel it. They're going to keep this sort of narrowed down to deal with this um, product versus processed in the U.S. But it's one that, candidly, we're always watching. And you know, we're very pleased to see our ambassador come out with a very strong statement oh, it was over a month ago that we still have the right to retaliate if they bring back in. And some of these can be brought in in a way that they will claim their voluntary but in, in fact they become de facto mandatory and you know if they did bring in something that we felt was de facto mandatory we would still be in a position to retaliate because of um, the fact that we won the cases at the WTO and none of us want to get there now
6: this has been your real agriculture update you can find out more about this
1: issue or many others at real agriculture. It's your Agra weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official
2: 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, sunny, wind northwest 20, gusting to 40. This afternoon, the high 26, the low 10. Saturday, sunny, wind southwest 30, the high 33, the low 15. Sunday, sunny, the high 35, the low 16. Monday, sunny, the high 32, the low 12. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high 22. 30% chance of evening showers Tuesday, the low 10. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high 21, the low 9. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high 24. Normal high is 25 for this date. The normal low is 10. The sun rose at 544 this morning. It sets at 822 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Kindersley. I think that's three days in a row. It's at 28 today. The cold spot up north Uranium City at 15. Estevan is 26. Saskatoon 25, Swift Current 26, Weyburn 26, Yorkton is 22. Partly cloudy in Regina, it's 26, that's 79 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west-northwest, 15 gusting to 27. Humidity is 29%, the barometer dropping 102.1. Partly cloudy in Moose Jaw, 27, Winds are from the west to 28. Once again, Regina, partly cloudy in 26, that's 79 Fahrenheit This portion of Saskatchewan agriculture today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com. And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. Red Leaf Pulp will host an open house in Regina in two weeks to discuss the proposed $350 million wheat straw-based pulp mill. The CEO of Redleaf Pulp, Martin Pudlas, says the open house will be held at the Delta Hotel, downtown Regina, on August 25th.
8: Well, we certainly want to be a, a neighbour of choice to the community, so we're uh, you know allowing uh, different stakeholders an opportunity to come and see what we're doing and, and to ask questions and certainly understand um, what some of the concerns might be and, and also you know, hopefully to give people an understanding of the benefits that we represent. What do you see are the
2: concerns and
8: the benefits? Well, you know, there's certain uh, concerns that have been raised. For example, is, you know, is the pulp mill going to have odor? And, you know, if you look at some of the sulfur-based processes that are associated with wood pulp, you know, in some cases you have that rotten egg smell. With an annual fiber like wheat straw, we do not need to use sulfur. So those odorous compounds are not present. So, you know, we just want to give everybody that information about air emissions and, and really, in our case, uh, very benign and, and completely different than a wood pulp mill. So, you know, that's an example of the topics that we'd like to discuss. What are some of the advantages? Well, in terms of agriculture in the region, We're working with the different growers and, and we're seeing today that their ability to sell straw to, to redleaf, you know, represents a 35 to 55% net income increase per acre. So certainly it's going to diversify the the revenue stream for the local growers. We're going to have significant employment during construction, some 250 jobs and then have uh, 115 permanent jobs ongoing with the operation of the mill, and you know there's there's the indirect jobs that sometimes are three to four times uh, what the employment is uh, direct so good high value employment for uh, people in the region and a new revenue source for growers
2: this is one of those rare years it's a drought year and straw might be in short supply are you worried about that at all in the future it's certainly something
8: that we're we're keeping an, an eye on. Um, you know, today we need somewhere between 10 to 15 percent of the straw within a 100 to 120 kilometer radius of Regina. We we certainly have the ability to go, to go further, Jim. But yeah, this is a very good year for us to to do a risk assessment in terms of yields per acre. So we're keeping a very close eye on. Uh, straw availability this year for sure how
2: does someone register for this open house that you're hosting august 25th
8: yeah so if you go to our website which is info at redleafpulp all one word, dot com uh, you can rsvp there and it'll give you details about the open house which we're holding at the delta hotel in regina
2: most years straws of course considered waste what do you hope to do with it what do you t- will you turn it into
8: so think of uh, the box inside the box, inside the box in some cases that arrives on your front door, you know, with e-commerce and Internet shopping. So we have a pathway that that we can use this fiber to make that corrugated box. And if you look at the full life cycle, very, very low carbon as compared to what the uh, sources that go into that type of box today If you think about kitchen towel and think about sanitization, disposable towel applications, uh, certainly our pulp can go into that. And then it can also go into molded products. So if you think about uh, an extruded polystyrene or styrofoam clamshell container that you might get takeout food in, uh, you can mold our pulp into those type of containers. And, you know, it's fully biodegradable, compostable, so obviously a much uh, more sustainable material to make that type of product.
2: Redleaf Pulp will begin work on the 182,000-ton straw-based pulp mill on the west side of Regina in early 2022.
1: You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM.
2: This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market and Arcola Building Supplies. Small town, lumberyard, big on service. Arcolabuildingsupplies.com SGI is urging motorists in Saskatchewan to be cautious and patient around slow-moving farm machinery during the harvest season. SGI Media Relations Manager Tyler McMurchie Says there have been almost 100 collisions involving farm machinery on Saskatchewan roads during the past 5 years.
0: Our tips for motorists are to be patient, slow down when you're approaching these large pieces of equipment on our roads whether it's a gravel road or or a highway. Obviously with harvest underway, probably going to see a bit more instances of machinery being moved between fields and we want to make sure that everybody is safe. You know, overall We don't see a high number of collisions between motor vehicles and farm equipment, but the ones that do occur are much, much more likely to cause injuries or even fatalities. Just to put that into perspective, over the past five years, had 96 collisions involving farm equipment on Saskatchewan roads. So that's about 20 a year. Now, those 96 collisions have resulted in 44 injuries and eight deaths, which is not, not a proportion you would see Generally, when it comes to motor vehicle collisions, the injury rate, the fatality rate, is not generally that high. When it comes to you know vehicle on vehicle collisions,
2: and sometimes farmers have blind spots. You want to make sure the driver of an automobile is aware of that. Yeah, 100 percent.
0: Because these are large pieces of equipment, the, the farmer may not have the ability to see you if you're too close to them, either in the front or behind. So that's uh, why drivers should definitely stay back. We also advise this, particularly when it comes to passing, I mean, these things are going to be moving slowly, you know, between 10, 40 kilometres per hour, much slower than maybe the the traffic on the the roadway that you're travelling. So you will want to pass them at some point, but you need to be very careful when you decide to do so. If you do decide to pass them, give yourself plenty of space. Make sure that they're not coming up on a, a field where they're going to be turning left and turning off the, the highway because that piece of equipment may not have the ability to signal its intentions as well. So that's something that drivers need to be aware of. And really, it comes back to being patient, Jim. You, you, you need to be patient and understand that they're probably just moving that equipment you know, between their fields. They're not going to be in front of you for long. So if you don't have that opportunity to pass, just slow down, take it slow, and wait for them to move off the road.
1: Tyler McMurchie is with SGI. The market updates with Jim Smalley on the Source 620 CKRM.
2: Market update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were moving up in early trading. Viterra prices for canola gained nineteen dollars ten cents at eight eighty three ninety two. Flax went up one cent at eight oh nine twenty one. Lentils increased thirteen dollars fifty cents at eight ninety two fifty. One red spring wheat gained seven hundred sixty four at three hundred seventy nine fifty eight. The rest were unchanged. Durham five fifty two forty three. Feed barley three hundred thirty four sixty five. Oats two hundred ninety eight fifty three. Yellow peas four hundred fifty three seventy five. Feed wheat two sixty one sixty five. On the Minneapolis Exchange this morning, hard red spring wheat for September rose twenty and a quarter cents at nine fifty-three a bushel.
1: It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM.
2: The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now the latest quotes. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report Heartland Livestock here in Moose uh, Seven hundred and fifty on offer at our Tuesday regular sale. This cow market looked five bucks lower again. Bulls were lower, but not so much as the cows. A few calves starting to show up here. This yearland market—it looked like it was barely steady here this week. The good cows, 72 to 79. Medium and wet cows, 66 to 73. The good bulls are a dollar two to fifteen. Sales right up to a dollar eighteen and a quarter. We had 23 Charley heifer calves, 390
8: pounds at 217. 52 big good black heifers that are yearling types, 948 at 166 and 75. Pre-sorted yearling calf sale here Tuesday, August 17th. They got to be here by 2 o'clock for pre-sorting. This is Grandpa Net reporting.
2: Let's have one great afternoon. The latest pork prices, 237.72 per ckg. Coming up, the resource report.
1: This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley.
2: Now, the Resource Report brought to you by the Prairie Co-op Grow Team, fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton, and Strasburg. The latest Nutrient Annual Report reflects ongoing strong demand for crops. The report says crop prices are being supported by strong global demand and reduced supply, resulting in strong grower margins. The company expects the market fundamentals to continue beyond this season and be supportive of crop prices and grower margins into 2022. Growing conditions across North America vary, with favorable crops in the U.S. south and east and drought in the western U.S., northern plains and Canadian prairies. There may be some regional demand changes for crop inputs, but the outlook says the strong outlook for crop prices and a normal window for fall application, Nutrien expects U.S. fertilizer demand and post-harvest crop protection applications to be strong. Brazil continues to suffer from drought, but Australia has good rain and the largest seeded area in history report says global potash shipments are projected to reach a record 70 million tons this year, while inventory will be historically low going into the new year. This is supported by strong potash consumption backed by favorable agricultural fundamentals. On the markets, the TSX is up 12 points at 20,533. The Dow has gained 28 points at 35,528. Oil is down 74 cents at 68.35 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is up 8 one-hundredths of a cent at 79.92 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more.
0: microactive pre-emergent herbicide.